March 19th, 2013, it's a Watt from Pedro's show.
Watt for Pedro show. Started off with the John Coltrane doing an alternate take on I'll Wait and Pray. After that was Sawaka with Good Morning. Good people, I want to apologize. It's been six weeks since the last edition of the Watt from Pedro show. And that is due to some pretty intense touring. I was in Europe with uh, Sonia de Mainayo, a trio I'm part of with uh, Andrea Belfi and Stefano Polia. And we uh, did a tour for our debut album, La Busta Jala. And it was intense. It was really happening. You can uh, read our diary up on the Hoop page, MikeWatt.com. Uh, before we started, I went there for four days to practice. There's a farmhouse outside of Bologna in Italy, uh, not too far from the prison, old farmhouse. And one of the cats who lives there is a man named Bruno Germano. And he's got a studio called Vacuum in the old barn the next room where we practiced. And uh, I got to do an interview with him. Uh, I was very interested on his uh, his journey through music, so I asked him to tell me something about it. February 16, 2013. I'm here in Bologna, Italy. And... Uh, I'm going to talk here to Bruno Germano about his journey through music. He, uh, well, to describe it, uh, where I am right now, it's in a field kind of outside Bologna by the prison. And I don't know, a hundred year plus old farmhouse where he's uh, relocated his studio vacuum. Right, Bruno, thank you. Vacuum. The show. Yeah. Vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember first being conscious about music? How old were you? I think I was maybe eight. Eight. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was. I never. Th- <laughs> That's the first time like yeah. <laughs> I think about this. I, uh, it was earlier, I think, maybe like six or seven years old. Okay. Like listening to my dad's records. Uh, I mean, he was listening to, to his records. You're I mean. listening to him listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, my dad is, is a lawyer. Yeah. But is he... He wanted to be a musician, so. How would he play? He he started playing drums when he was like fourteen, and then he played guitar, bass, and piano and saxophone. Wow. Now he plays double bass in a jazz quartet. Like wow! So he had music. Yeah, he loves music. He always. So. What kind of records were them that you were hearing? He was listening mostly to Elvis and the Beatles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and when was this year? Uh, I was 84, 85. Oh, middle 80s. Yeah, middle 80s. And Elvis and Beatles were yeah, still Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think that he didn't have 
much records. Yeah. But he, he had the the ones that he had bought when he was yeah. young, and then he stopped buying records. So the yeah, ones he was listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, did he play in the house practice and stuff? He played piano. So you're hearing it. You're yeah, and he was practicing saxophone, but he he didn't play much guitar. That was the instrument he was really good at. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's really good at it. Do you want to spend much time? Well, maybe you want to practice to get better at that other stuff. <laughs> saxophone, piano, both difficult instruments. Yeah, I... I tried when I was like 12 with the saxophone. Okay, and that's the first time when you want to play? No, I started playing uh, guitar when I was nine. Oh, so soon after hearing records? Yeah. And, and he, he was actually playing guitar at that time. Yeah. And I was a kid and I said... Did he get you one? And he... He gave me his guitar. Oh wow! And I, yeah, yeah, I was lefty. And so, he's a righty. Yeah. <laughs> you just turn it upside down. Yeah. And he. Okay. From Black Flag, she's lefty. But uh, it was hard to find left bass. <laughs> and she actually thought this the fret hand was supposed to be the stronger one anyway. Yeah, I I learned the bass. Upside down, because... Also, low string on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I play guitar like low string on on the top, I'm but the king. bass... I'm a king? There was a blues guy, though, I remember when I was young, that played that way. Yeah, with the strings upside yeah. down. Pretty amazing. Okay, uh... So he bought me uh, a guitar. Yeah. A... a Three quarter, like a small yeah. one for right. for kids. Yeah, because acoustic. Yeah, like a, a nylon strings. Spanish guitar. Spanish guitar. Spanish. Yeah. Wow. And I started playing. He he sent me to guitar lessons. Mm. With a guy that was a real asshole. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you didn't notice. Yeah, he, he he didn't know. Like somebody told him that he was good, but he was really into uh, cl- classic guitar playing. Classical, yeah. Yeah, Scovia. That kind of stuff. Like you have to put your right. hand like this, and, and even your put, foot. And he was like too strict. And he was very upset about me being lefty because he he couldn't tell what I was doing when he he was teaching me stuff and but you know in the old days and there's he, a whole he, tradition he, he, I think here in Italy the left hand sinisteria sinister is the sinister, bad hand yeah, yeah. and they were like maybe yeah. he got right handed hit the left yeah, hand yeah they get they, they get corrected at school. But you would lose your natural. <laughs> and he was like always telling me that you should play in the 
the right way. In the right way. <laughs> what the fuck? So you know what? I've heard so many people. This is really a bad thing. Young, having these bad experiences, they don't ever want to play again. So I, at some point, I was saying I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, or, see. but I love music. I like music, so I want to do it anyways. Yeah. And maybe there's another way of doing it. Without him. <laughs> And there was. So. Yeah. So, so when I got lessons from another guy who was actually really cool, like oh, yeah. his lessons were, uh, he had a four track on tape. Yeah. Four track exactly. recorder. Yeah. yeah. And he was like playing some random chords, recording them. Yeah. And then let me improvise on those wow. chords like do whatever and like record <laughs> freedom yeah and that was really really yeah. inspired yeah develop yeah wow now this is just you playing on your own uh, like for me and boom the way we learn some guy showed us stuff this guy by Mendes Lopez But we, we copied off records. Did you do stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, But you're playing alone. You're not in a band yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just, already had started a band. Uh, no, no. I started a band when I was like... So you're still like playing on your own or studying with this teacher? Okay. Yeah, and... Jamming the records. Until 15. Did you do any composing yet? You're no. just improvising over these chords? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Up with rhythm and you know, melodies. So 15, yeah, maybe high school? Yeah. First year of high school? Yeah, I met two, two guys in my class. Yeah. So I started, we started practicing like, together. We found a drummer. I don't know. Are you playing the Spanish? Cruise? No, no, no. Okay. I, I turned, I, I had switched to Electric. I had my, my first electric guitar when I was 14. What okay. kind? It was a Fender, a, a tel Telecaster. A Telecaster? Yeah. No, a Stratocaster. Strat. A Strat, yeah. Because I'm wondering, if back then, was it easier to get stuff here? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... I think maybe... 90. I heard stories like... It was 94. Maybe it was 60s. Yeah, it was difficult. Okay. In 94, it was like every shop. Every had shop had Fenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fenders, Gibsons, Gibsons yeah, all, all kinds of stuff. What kind of amp? I actually had uh, an old uh, Echo amplifier. Wow. Yeah, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
from Pedro's show. After the first part of the interview with Bruno Germano, I played something from his new band, Gliani Luci, a tune called Le Rene di Babbo Natale. And then we heard something new from his Laura. That's Thrills, Laura Meyer-Rotten. Uh, porcelain cat skull, laser eye beams in a land of impossible geometry. Follow that. That's from uh, Simon Bird. I got the privilege of sharing the stage with Simon Bird in Dublin a couple weeks ago. Great cat. Um, here's more of that interview with uh, Bruno. And then uh, so you was, guys start jamming. You find a drummer. What those two guys do? Uh, I was the uh, one was a another guitar player, and his cousin played bass. Okay. So we were like doing mostly covers. Okay. Playing. Copying stuff off records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way. That's how I learned it. Uh, and it was a good school, I think. And then... Jamming after school, right? Yeah. Okay. No uh, gigs, really, right? No. Like, yeah. there, there were some contests sometimes, like... Really? Oh, like talent show? Yeah, but really, really, really small. You you just go to in, in a club and play a few, like, two songs, three songs. Yeah, yeah. We did, like... Battle two of or the th- bands. Like yeah, the yeah, something like that. So, two or three of those things, and then, then we started uh, composing songs. Original. Like, trying, trying to yeah. compose. This is your first song. Like what was when this I was called. Uh, it was. Like when you did the battle of the bands, you had to tell them. You had to yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, an Italian name. It was. Acidi liturgici. Yeah. That there was a, a, jo- a joke. Yeah. Because liturgico means um, something like something that has to do with with the church. Acidi is obviously obviously acids. Yeah. And liturgici it sounds like yeah, li- we say li- liturgy, I think. Sounds pretty much like li- lizardic. Yeah, so, nice. <laughs> for fifteen-year-old kids, it was fun. <laughs> you had influence. Well, actually, obviously, pop was an influence. But what kind of guitar players were you listening to? On the, uh, the first guitar player uh, I really got into was Mark Knopfler. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, when I was <laughs> 10 or 11, I really loved the, the Dire Straits and stuff like that. And But the, the first vinyl I played, like deciding I want to play this, it was the Pink Floyd. Which one? The Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, wow. So David Gilmore. Yeah, but I... I don't remember being like. It was more band sound. Yeah, like I. There's some wild the solos on there. That song, time. But I never got <laughs> into. Yeah, yeah it was too. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what what do we say like? Yeah. 
anthem. <laughs> that solo is yeah. something else. I wonder if it was one take. Some people have told me he, it blended different takes. Okay. Because <laughs> it's pretty orchestrated. It's pretty intense. And but the like the the music I I really got into was the Seattle scene uh, in the first nineties. Like, yeah, like Berjam oh, wow. and Nirvana. And yeah, but the Dark Side of the Moon, I think, is. 74? 74, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it was, I, I think it was. I think it was in the U.S., the longest record in the top, whatever. Okay. Like for years and years and years. Yeah, it's huge. Because uh, me and, and my bigger brother, yeah. we got uh, some, some records from a, f a friend of my mother. She 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 gave us like yeah, random nice. records she had and didn't listen to so yeah from her old days yeah okay. so it was Dark Side of the Moon uh, a live record from the Dire Straits like the, the double album like endless solos <laughs> 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 yeah. really 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 funny. <laughs> And of course the headband. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the scene like for you guys? In Bologna. And to play so young, 15 years old, you could play in clubs? There, there, was, there wasn't a scene. No scene? No. Okay. You were just... You had to do it yourself? Yeah. Okay. So we... As, as, as we grew up, we, we met other guys playing yeah so when I was like 17 or 18 yeah uh, end of high school yeah S Stefano had a another band we were kind of rival bands yeah so we started playing like high school parties and yeah. Did you record it yet? Uh, I recorded the first time when I was 17 on four track tape. Mm -hmm. That's my first recording. You yourself? Yeah, me and the singer of the band that I had. Because my first band on, lasted like two years. <laughs> and then I started playing with another guy. Uh, and we started writing some, composing songs. And that's when we first recorded. It was like a Tascam? Or? Yeah, it was a Tascam. <laughs> I just guessed. The one with a... It used to be so common. With a little mixer. Sure. So you could... you can could, All in one? Yeah, you could mix, record and mix on one. the same machine. I love it. I had one. Everybody did. That's why I just guessed it, because wow, it was... Companies made later, Fostex, Yamaha, but like, Tascam was the first. And it was? Or most popular. It was, I mean, the, the tape got worn because of <laughs> overdubs and stuff, yeah. like <laughs> bouncing tracks. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, at the end... And did you have a, 
like a mentor, teacher, or you just found it out all on your own? Yeah. Okay. Learn by doing. Yeah. <laughs> First microphones. And I was... Everything very cut, all right? Yeah, like mixing on my dad's hi-fi. Oh, so wow. A, but it sounded like crap. <laughs> it was really, really a bad recording. Okay. <laughs> so it didn't get pressed up. No. <laughs> so you're doing gigs, you rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Band. yeah. What was his band called? Uh, Magna Panca. Magna Panca. Yeah, they were, uh, I mean, I think that we were more into Fade No More stuff. Yeah. And they were more like into Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff. Oh. So they were funkier. And <laughs> we were, the bass player, right? Yeah, and we were heavier. Like. Okay. <laughs> wow. But just play around belong you know I do yeah. touring no 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 not no. at all and uh, this is middle 90s right it's 90s yeah 96 97 okay then the it was I think the last year of high school I met two two other guys in they were not in my class but in the same school yeah and we started a, another band third band the third one that was called videos enough videos enough or yeah snuff snuff <laughs> and they kill yeah okay and oh we we snuff snuff movies snuff videos we yeah. had yeah I like, think they actually showed people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And the those two guys I was playing this with were more into like the the new metal stuff like uh, the corn and Deftones and okay. things like more heavy and yeah which wasn't the uh, things that I really loved. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like the. Was it Dire Straits? No. <laughs> but by that, I, I mean, I, I really. <laughs> I still love. Yeah, it's that okay. Music, okay. music, because, music. And so they were like really into this heavy stuff, and yeah. we started playing that music. Sure. I started playing with them, and and that's the first band I record. I've made a record with. Oh.
Cercone Vigiatora Sicione. Sorry, scusi. Then we heard Trash Can Full of Nails, something new by Guided by Voices. Peaches Pond by Frischka. after that, and A Dream Sickle Bomb by Blackmouth Super Rainbow. We've come to the end of the first hour. March 19, 2013 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Uh, I've got more of the interview with uh, Bruno Germano uh, and more of his new band too, plus other stuff. So hold tight for hour two. March 19, 2013. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
so we started recording on it was 90 98 99 and we first tried recording on the computer like multi track no no i don't know there maybe there there was there wasn't pro tools in 98 i mean it was yeah, some very high end like very pro yeah, i used it in the studio in 90 for that contemplating engineering just for the sound effects because you can move things so easy yeah. <laughs> oh i need the sound there you yeah. didn't have to like line it up with the tape yeah you just moved it but it was a very early version i think we it was used called sound design before it was called pro oh. tools we were using cakewalk cakewalk on pc yeah it was pc But we it was probably the most popular for PCs. That was cheap and kind of. We didn't like even of, have a, a a sound interface. Right. So we, sound we, we could record two tracks at a time. So it sounded very very bad. Especially like the drums. I, I mean, uh, like, like stereo drums. You know, like a friend of mine wanted to like compose all the drums in MIDI. And use samples so that the drums sounded really, really, really bad. Because he, he was recording like the snare, It's, the kick, yeah, and then use those samples to <laughs> <laughs> mouse factory. <laughs> so, you gotta start the fun and the also the time <laughs> it took to endless. Because our drummer was pretty good, so yeah. he could have played like first or second take yeah. all the parts. But here he is writing all the little MIDI notes, all the MIDI moves. Wow. <laughs> wow. You gotta, like we say, you gotta start somewhere. So. so but <clears throat> this computer recording it ends up the record. It was a nightmare. It ended up in a, in a demo. In a demo. Okay. And, but actually that demo uh, led us to, to s sign with a label that uh, printed, like, it was an EP. Yeah. We recorded, and that was the first studio experience we had, and it was 2000, 2001. Here in No, we went to... It's pretty close to here. Okay. What was the studio called? Fear Studio. Fear. <laughs> yeah. On <laughs> Edat. That's a good... <laughs> What did you do? Four or five songs? You said EP, right? Yeah, it was five songs. Five six songs. songs. All one night? No, it took... Oh, a couple days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I... the first thing was... Like, Even mixed in the like same three way. three days of recording and yeah. two days of mixing. Okay. Like that. So it was expensive. It was. Yeah. For for, for us. Kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we were like 19 yeah. by then, so we had little jobs, and I was a pizza delivery. Wow. <laughs> 
Pizza delivery was funding them. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the record came out, did you start playing other towns, you know, touring? Yeah. Okay. A little bit, like outside. Okay. Like we were going, not, never more than like 400 kilometers away from home. So, okay. So the, the most far town we played was Rome. Okay, well, that's a big town. Yeah. <laughs> um, van? No, actually, like, three three cars. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah, three times the gas. Yeah. <laughs> but to fit the equipment, yeah. Yeah. Or five people, so. What was it like to play Rome? We, we actually didn't play Rome, we played Viterbo. Okay. That's a sm sm yeah, small town. And we played Tuscany and mm -hmm. towns around here. Rimini, Ravenna. was an exciting time though. Yeah, really. <laughs> Your first weeks. What happens with this band? Um, that band we, we changed the the name of the yeah. band to Settlefish Settlefish that's the band that yeah. Stefano okay. was later on yeah because our bass player uh, went abroad for studies he was yeah. at a, he was older than us so he was at a university yeah exchange students so he he went away for six months. Yeah. But we have we had gigs and planned for. We gotta do this. We gotta get somebody to take so, your place. So we got Stefano. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's the connection. He, he was a, a substitute, but he stayed. Wow. Like when when the guy came, came back, back, he he just. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> So we made we made the record with him. So uh, yeah, Stefano joins the band now. Yeah, and like you were saying, he's like a little less corn, more chili pepper. Did he bring stuff from his? No, Maniabanka band. Because uh, at he's that playing, time, oh, he had to learn your material. We we were starting listening to new bands. Two thousand bands. Yeah. I mean, we we start. Uh, I started listening. I discovered like bands like June Forty Four oh. and Novel C, Chicago C, Karate. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. Yeah. I think Boston maybe. Yeah, he was from Boston. Yeah, great, great musician. I I've played some gigs with him in Europe, and I played his stuff on the show. Yeah. He's still making music. I think so. Yeah, yeah. not his karate, yeah. but... Um, okay, He so. had this band, it was, I can't remember. The that, that's quite a But like he was playing acoustic guitar, finger-picking stuff, and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. He, but it's quite a departure from yeah, corn. He, he, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I, I never... I. You never really got into that. Yeah, the other yeah, yeah. Uh, they're still in the band? 
uh, at this point. Yeah. So the, 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 there was this uh, the the other guitar player yeah. guy that was really heavy and yeah, right. bluesy, and I was like the the weird one. Okay. <laughs> so the band kind of had some yeah differences, and then Stefano joined, yeah. and uh, we 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 really get, got together for composing and yeah. arranging things. Is it trippy composing with a guy coming from such a different thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we were fighting yeah, 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 yeah. all the time, but I mean, the, the result was... Maybe interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we made... Um, a demo. Calls, uh, a demo, okay. Because... By then it was uh, 2002 yeah. or three. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, I started recording on 16 track. Oh. Half inch. Half inch. Atari? Uh, Fostex. Fostex. Yeah. G16, okay. it's called. The okay. recorder. And... Uh, Oh, this is in your pad? Um, my dad had um, a practice space yeah. that uh, a friend of his was pretty a, a very wealthy guy and he had this uh, factories, abandoned factories that yeah. he was waiting to turn into apartments so he gave to my dad this, those spaces yeah. to turn into practice spaces yeah. with his bed because he knew that he was playing and so we had this space that was an um, abandoned bakery factory yeah yeah so the 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 actual space on the first floor and was really abandoned and we we got the, the basement as our practice space yeah and we me and uh, um, a guy i met doing how do you call it S service like, yeah instead of going to the military no 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 it was uh i i started at the end of the high school yeah. I started working like la doing live sound with a was the sound man? yeah mixing I just, oh, okay. but I wasn't mixing I was actually like loading and unloading vans and <laughs> <laughs> loading man right no I said military because I think in Germany and stuff, you can either go in the military or you can do what they call community service. I did that. And it kind of defers I did that. the military. Yeah. Oh, you did that too. Yeah. Instead of having to wear a uniform, you can do some <laughs> other work. Yeah, yeah I was driving uh, uh, people like on wheelchairs and... Oh, okay. Yeah. They... I drove them 
where they handicapped people. Yeah, where they had to go. Like yeah, sure. Some some were going to work or right, right. All kinds of stuff. And then meanwhile, you're doing mixed work. Yeah, I or was really schlep work and yeah. lifting work. And but at least you're around doing the scene. that. Yeah. I I met this guy who was um, who moved from Rome. He 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 had just moved here in Bologna. Yeah, he didn't know anybody. No. So we started talking, like, and he he had uh, this recorder. He he had brought from from Rome, and I told him I had a a space so yeah. we can put. You get those. the machine, I get the space. Yeah, and then this is the fast text. Yeah, 16. so we started. Doing like little demos and of other bands, other people recording. Friend, friends. Did you, did you call the studio some? Canova. That was the Canova. That was the name of the bakery. Yeah. Okay. And so we started rec- doing little recordings, and we demoed this this band ahead with with Stefano. Saddlefish. Yeah. This time multi track. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no <midi> drums. And, <laughs> and we we sent this three songs demo like all over the world. Like made a hundred hundred envelopes and mailed them out. And uh, um an American label uh, responded and they they signed they signed us yeah the label was deep elm records deep elm it's from Ch- no not chapel hill well, north elm? carolina is yeah, south su- south south no north. chapel hill is in north carolina but the, i i i, I can't but remember deep elm is actually an area in dallas yeah yeah deep elm we played there Ah, so you know, yeah, they, yeah that's where the, the gigs were in Dallas for the longest time. Elm, I think it's the the tree. Yeah, elm tree. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, they signed. They're going to put it. They wanted to put out the demo. Or did they want you to record? They they asked us for more material. We recorded live, like in the practice space. Yeah, really rough. Yeah, we send them. Uh, five more songs yeah and they said let's let's make a record yeah so we they gave us two thousand dollars to record but we had our studio yeah Canova. so uh when we got signed with the label we got kicked out of that space damn yeah <laughs> coincidence yeah, but we we found another one. Okay. Pretty pretty fast. And so no windows. Always a basement. Sure. Very dark and, and you record the album. We recorded the, the the album there. Me and this other guy. Right. And the record came out and they they did a US tour. Invited you to come over and play. Yeah. Booked you guys a tour. Yeah, the, the label did. Right, right. How many gigs? Yeah, 
35. 35 gigs in what? 35 days? 37, 37 days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, the whole country? Uh, no, just uh, the East Coast and yeah. the Midwest. That's a good amount of gigs for that area. And that tour was kind of a nightmare. Wad from Pedro Show. We started off the second hour with something brand new from Petra Hayden. She did an album of a cappella versions of movie themes. And this was God's Lonely Man. After that, we heard something from Stefano Pelia. Stand Behind the Man Behind the Wire. Stefano Pelia, the guitar man for Il Sogno de Mainaio the band, along with myself and Andrea Belfi. We just did 23 gigs, 23 days. Italy, France, Switzerland, Germany, Holland, England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Ireland. It was a neat tour. Uh, a couple of days back, uh, tonight I fly to uh, Perth, Australia to start a Stooges tour there. Uh, after uh, Stefano's tune, we heard something from Sarlo Acrobata, Acrobata, sorry, Sarlo Acrobata. That's uh, Koya's uh, band from uh, Disciplina Kichma, earlier incarnation of his intense bass, uh, <laughs> incredible bass. Love that cat. A tune called uh, Yazilam Yako. And then finally, something from the man uh, we're interviewing. Uh, here on the show, uh, Bruno Germano, his new band Glee Anya Luce, with Bello Anzi Bellissimo. And uh, then followed that was uh, some spiel from Bruno. Very interesting, his journey through music. Here, uh, here's Bruno. It was a nightmare. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's your first time over, though. Yeah, it was, kind it was of exciting. Um, well, like my gig it, last night. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, five bands touring together. Wow. Five bands from the label. Yeah. We would call that like a package tour. So, <laughs> big, you know what I mean? It's five bands playing every night. It's two days. Maybe not five bands, but. Uh, 14 people in the same band. You mean it was five bands in the same band? Yeah. That was a nightmare. Wow. Now, when we, us and Flag toured together, I think it was ten people in the band. Most people never met before. They were U.S. people, right? Okay. From all over the U.S. They they didn't know each other. Is anyone? (laughs) So... Some people were getting along and yeah. some didn't. So, <laughs> how did you fit 15 in? I was a very long van, <laughs> just seats. Oh, okay. Everyone was bench seats, so three or four to us. Because when we did it with flags, and an, another van board, with the equipment, with all the equipment. See, we, we were, were sharing that. Yeah, we line. were, I think we had that. I think I know we did. We had the stuff in a trailer, and we didn't have seats where the driver did. But we had boards, and we laid there, head head to toe. And there were three layers. Well, yeah, 
very interesting. I, I know what kind of vans you're talking about. They use them at airports and stuff. They have all these benches, the windows. Okay. And so it was kind of the price you had to pay to do this tour, come I over. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really. And we just had some struggles. <laughs> the so funniest you're all thing. Using the same equipment, too, probably. probably yeah, yeah, yeah. You. The funny thing about that tour yeah. is that the label had a, a deal with Motel 6. Yeah. The chain. Motel chain. So every town. We always slept in Moto 6, so it was like going home every night because same furniture and <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh man! Okay. But the the Midwest was very tough because it it was winter. Oh my god! So it was freezing. Dangerous, freezing. Big drives. Yeah. What were you thinking? Like, whoa. Because <laughs> we, we already had uh, some gigs in, in Europe. We went to France. and But we never had a proper tour. Like yeah. playing every night for a right, month. Right. And They're more like one-off gigs and stuff. This is a like maybe four, five mini gigs tour. in a row. Okay, mini tour. Yeah, but the full, the big enchilada. Yeah, it's the first one, and it's with yeah. And Ten or eleven other guys because you guys were four. We were five. You were five, and uh, on that tour, the guy that uh, the other guitar player. Yeah. Corny guy. Yeah, he, but by then he was not more. He let it go. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, he got a job in a bank, like one month before the tour. So he said, "I'm not coming." Wow. <laughs> wow. I know people who've quit jobs to do a tour. Yeah. But he, he quit the tour. Okay. He did the, the other first. way. <laughs> yeah. And so on that tour we had another guy playing guitar. Brand new. Yeah. What was that like? Just for the tour. Yeah, but you had to teach him all the stuff. Was he fast learner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. He actually is the bass player of my band now. Oh, the cat I met the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So anyway, you have a, a quite experience of a tour. Yeah. Yes. First time over. You guys come back home. Yeah, we got back, and then we had some some shows here in Italy, some in Europe, and the album came out. the The album was was out already. Okay. For the for the tour. For the tour. And yeah, we started playing like a lot. And then Stefano quit. The tour was, uh, I think, March. 
and in June, July, Stefano quit the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the tour was, the US tour was very, very hard. Tribute experience. Yeah. yeah. Maybe demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, uh, and he he got more into avant-garde music. Yeah, right. So he was. Yeah, so he was. He he didn't want to play that that stuff anymore, like in indie rock, punk stuff. Yeah. So. Well, he went to music school too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 made classical studies. Yeah. Right. Right. Double bass. Double bass. Stand up. It's a different direction. Yeah. It's okay. So, do you would get more into recording too, as a oh, recording yeah. guy? Yeah. 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 That was yeah, going at the same time. <laughs> at the right? same time, when uh, when I wasn't on tour. And playing yourself, I was recording. And what about Soundman stuff? Venues. Um, I I quit that that stuff. Yeah, because so it was just strictly recording on that same recording and uh, touring with bands. Oh, doing the sound. Oh, traveling so, sound. Yeah, okay. so I was I I was never home. Right. Never. Right. <laughs> You're learning everybody else's PA system. Look, <laughs> Europe. Uh, but when you are home, you recording. Yeah. And this place, it's the basement still. Yeah. Um, after, after a while, we moved to the first floor. Whoa! Moving so on. we had a we had a window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a control room? Yeah. Oh, so it was okay. Yeah. A little more happening. And that was the that has been the place I recorded into until three years ago. Came over here. Yeah. What about was it still that Fastex machine? Uh, we had a Tascam. Yeah. So it was twenty-four tracks, wow. one inch. One inch. I remember. Just one machine. inch. Nightmare machine. Yeah, I remember those machines. Yeah, not good. So we <laughs> kept it. We made two recordings on that, and then just Fuck you. yeah, done. <laughs> and then we bought a twenty-four track two-inch. Wow, that's the one I still have. Yeah, yeah. It's a Soundcraft. Wow. It's a nice machine. Very easy. Sure. It's easier than the Studer's Atari, but it's pretty good sounding. Maintenance, so uh, yeah, gotta keep them up. Yeah, I recapped it this summer. Really? Yeah, <laughs> you, you got it. So the the recorder and the and the mixer, the console, yeah, are recapped. Wow, yeah, that was some work. <laughs> but you got This is what people don't understand about analog. If you, you want to get into that, that's what it's about. Yeah. Man, it's not just words, it's work. Yeah. You know, it's physical stuff. It's not plugins. Yeah. Software. You have to keep it going. Yeah, I mean the, the the more you use it, yeah. the the better they yeah, of course. 
Yeah. If you exactly. just stop using them for like six months, yeah, you get humidity and yeah, right. All kinds of problems. Pots, yeah. Tape comes apart. Yeah, <laughs> there's this thing in the U.S. that you know because yeah, if stuff. you don't if you don't store it, like, but know. even if you do that, it's just I'm talking about 30 years. Ago. Yeah, they have to bake them. There's a technique, and oh. maybe you do that. Here. No, I didn't. They put it in the oven to get the plastic to. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so you know it's physical stuff. So yeah, this summer my uh, the pinch roller of the recorder, yeah. the rubber, the rubber, stuff, it melted. <laughs> or they can get hard and crack. Yeah, yeah. but that physically melted. Wow. <laughs> But this is the thing about your studio. You you never went to a pewter and the Pro Tool. I I use Pro Tools. Okay. Because uh, mostly because most bands don't want to spend money on tape. Yeah. Okay. That's the reason why. Want to get a hard drive. Yeah. Okay. It's cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper and. Uh, some bands, like the younger bands, are pretty scared of tape. Yeah, because wow. they they feel they will lose they they will lose the the editing possibility. Yeah, I was going to say you can fix clams a lot easier with the digital. I mean, I I can go back and forth from tape to the computer, yeah, yeah. edit, and I usually mix. I. I record on tape, then I put everything in the computer. Because I I mix on the desk, but I can use automation. Sure, sure. And but you know, in the old days when you said editing, it was razor blade. <laughs> Did you do that stuff? <laughs> I, you dudes used to edit on two inches. Yeah. Cut pieces of the two yeah, inches. Yeah. And it was like, oh my god. <laughs> you had to be very creative. I think Albini still does that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to see masters of that stuff, and you'll see the leader, the splice tape. Yeah, on on, on two inch yeah. parts cut out. Yeah, it's like whoa, whoa. So you're recording a lot of bands. Yeah, a lot. A lot on tour of sound, man. You make a decision, like maybe. Maybe not as much band. I mean, yeah. you only have so much time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to make choices? Yeah. Uh, when when the this band Settlefish yeah. fell apart. Yeah. It was two thousand eight. Yeah. And I I really got tired of because we had a another U.S. tour on two thousand five. Uh, three. Five UK tours, three European tours. I was so it was pretty demanding. Yeah, and I couldn't make a living out of it. Yeah, right. But recording was good. I could make not good money, but you can live enough too. So maybe it was kind of easy to choose. Yes. <laughs> So, so sometimes you had like 
a gig that was 200 kilometers away yeah. from home and it was paid 200 euros we yeah. were five people with a van and yeah the gas to get there and back <laughs> it wasn't worth it. I mean, it was worth it because aesthetic, but not making a living. Yeah. So then, what was this studio called? Uh, it was Vacuum. You had changed the name to Vacuum then. Okay. In two thousand three. Wow! After you moved out of the bakery. Yeah. Okay. The Vacuum. Now, <clears throat> yeah. So you. Start doing that maybe more full time. And when do you make the move out here? Three years ago. What 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 led to that? That was was really a hard time because I got kicked out of that space. Oh. Yeah. Because it was a space. Uh, uh, the property was the um, how do you say that like the the mayor the the city yeah it belonged to the city so they they gave something. it to someone else okay yeah like political stuff yeah right <laughs> so <laughs> i got kicked out yeah you got to go and the the folks that came in were really really assholes like they they made the they made moving out a nightmare because they 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 wanted my keys back yeah and they so they didn't want me to go in even even though my stuff was in right yeah you got to get it like out all the equipment the right, everything all, the, the whole studio yeah.
Watt for Pedro Show. Uh, you just heard some more Gliani Lucha, which is uh, Bruno Germano's band, a tune called Senza Titolo. And before that, we had Miss Melvis doing I Call You Right. That's me on bass. I was invited by Mr. Scott Krause. Join Miss Melvis in here. And we start off with something by Hugh Cornwell. Yeah, stuck in Daily Mail land. Uh, that This is him without the Stranglers, you know. He's his own man, got his own band. I met his press man, uh, a booker man, a cat named Yella up in Groningen. Good cat. Um, and then ahead of that, of course, was more of the interview with Bruno Germano. And we got some more coming up in the uh, third hour because now the second hour of the March 19, 2013 edition of the Watt from Pedro show has come to a close. So hold tight for hour three. June 19, 2013. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Watford Pedro show. Started off the third hour with a band called In Zaire, which uh, has Stefano Pelia in it. Uh, you also know him from El Sonio de Mainaio. And a tune called Sun. After that, we heard our final uh, tune from Gliani Lucia, Bruno Germano's band, 2323. And speaking of Bruno Germano, here's more of the interview I got to do with him last month in Bologna. So I could go there something like one, two, two hours a week to pack everything. Pack <laughs> like everything it's a studio, up. like everything. Nightmare. Cables in the yeah, walls. Sure. And Snakes. Everything. <laughs> and then uh, I, I find this place. Yeah. So I moved. Where did you find this place? Uh, a friend of a friend of okay. a friend of a friend. Okay. It was just farmhouse spot by yeah. the <laughs> Wow. And you slowly move the stuff on over. I mean... And this is a barn. We're talking a barn, people. He put the studio in a barn. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was a, a proper barn. Yeah, right. With the pigs, the cows... I, I mean, there there were no no pigs and cows when I got here. At that time, but that's what it was built. For. But you could you could smell it. Yeah. <laughs> so I I made a. It was a, rough. A, yeah, really, really, really rough. So I made a project with a a friend of mine from from high school and a really old friend of mine who now is an architect. Oh. So he helped me out. Some good stuff. Yeah. Damn. It took one year. Just to get yeah. it ready. Meanwhile, where's the equipment? Uh, in you're, the, you're in the pad, okay. Yeah. Because you finally got it out of the old place. Yeah. <laughs> Piece at a time. <laughs> what bastards. Didn't they realize if they really wanted you out quick, they let give you... More yeah, time. Yeah, they they yeah. made it go slower. <laughs> yeah. Fucking idiotic. Because they 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 thought that I was that I kept working. Ah. Oh. When I got there, that I wasn't moving out. Yeah, but right. Like trying to find a way to keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Assholes. So once you got the building ready here. Then it took time to get all the stuff in, right? And put, I saw it, and all the treatments, and acoustics, I mean, because it was a barn, and it wasn't really built for recording. And uh, then you started recording the bands. I mean, and in, uh, in, during that year, yeah, I kept recording, because a, a friend of mine had a studio like outside Bologna, so oh, okay. when bands were asking me to record, i went there. It wasn't made... your stuff, but... Yeah, it wasn't... It was your mind. Your hands. Yeah. And maybe I, I did some mixing and at home on the computer. Yeah, right. Okay. You I had the, mo ITV? the monitors. ITV? Yeah, in, in the, the box. box. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, you're from hardware world. Yeah. Hard to not be used to that anymore. Wow. It gives me a headache. Like, opening a play. 
again every time you want to boost the bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maddening, make you crazy. <laughs> so not everything is easier. <laughs> yeah. Really? I, I think it's, it takes more time, maybe, to do the first mix. Yeah. When you're doing a record. Setting it up. Then just <laughs> copy all the settings. Yeah, right. And it's pretty straightforward, but I don't like it. No, because you're from the old school. I, I meet hardly anybody who uses tape in a studio, who runs a studio. Uh, that's really interesting. But you, look, you had uh, a couple guys here, they were in your band, so you are doing music still. Yeah. Now, what's this project? Uh, it's called Yanni Luce. It's instrumental. Yeah. So, and it's quite quite different from the stuff I've been. This is what you gave me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we're playing. People were playing it here on the show. Okay. <laughs> when we had this goes on to the thing. Uh, and yeah, different than the saddle fish. Yeah. 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 Because um, I really did didn't play. For I mean, at home I was playing, but didn't play in a band. Yeah. When we uh, when we split up with the band, like it, we we didn't really uh, quit, because uh, after one year of touring, yeah, we just decided, okay, let's take a pause. Okay. Like two or three months, but then. Three of out of five people that were in the band had another band together. Oh, okay. So they started touring and making records, and we just went different ways. Yeah. Okay. But different music, more indie pop music, mm -hmm. which is not really my. No. Okay. <coughs> so how long? Yeah. So I I just started, mm, yeah, like practicing with those two guys. Yeah, uh, the drummer had a, a a farmhouse on the in the mountains. Yeah, outside Bologna. So yeah. every time we went there, farmhouse. <laughs> he he actually had a a practice room in the house. Right. So you had the, the kitchen, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the practice room. So, so we, we we went there, yeah. and it was very relaxed. We had dinner, we had joints, improvised for hours. Yeah, it was really fun to play that way because I was I got used to like practicing for we had a sh we have a show we, right. we we have a tour we need to have the tour done and it was getting ready. yeah it was more like uh, like a job yeah and this way it was more like fun yeah being young and jamming yeah <laughs> but then we, we started recording those jams yeah and taking Turning stuff up 
so we thought it, it was good stuff. So we, we recorded it. That's... I, uh, I don't know. Uh, now I, I'm starting to want, want to play live again. Oh, like wow. Touring and Things come in cycles. <laughs> but you're recording people here at Vacuum. Yeah. Uh, wow. So in a way you're coming back to your coming around <laughs> cycle.
Scott from Pedro Show. You just heard HST by Slender Lars. Ahead of that, from the extract, came Cockroach Matriarch. And uh, front of that was Seized by Massacot. Um, before the music there, we had more spiel from myself, interviewing Bruno Germano. Great cat. Uh, got the last part of the interview coming up now. Uh, truly my honor to get to speak with this uh, man. If you were asked to give a young person advice about music, what would you tell them? Um, to play for fun. Don't get caught up in the yeah. other way. And what about just get, uh, making music? Like, yeah, like uh, on the other side of it, the recording thing. Would you? What kind of advice would you get? I think some people about composing music. No, no, no the other, the other side, like behind the curtain. I record people. I know people okay. that it's just their personality. I don't get in front of people. And stuff. I'd yeah. rather be part of the thing that helps make it happen, like recording yeah. or sound I, mixing. I, now, what would be your I advice think to I, people? I, I like, like that that part better. Yeah, but what would what do you tell someone for advice? Do your own thing. Okay. <laughs> so it seems like in that kind of thing, you have to get in, kind of a teacher or a mentor. No. Be a I, helper. I mean, I, you say I, right from the I learned, start on your own. Yeah, I learned myself. Not myself, but working with people, watching people working. So when I... Uh, our second record, we we recorded with Brian Deck. Yeah. That's uh, a guy from Red Red Meat. And yeah, right. He's been recording California and sure. Iron and Wine. A lot of stuff. And while I, I was just playing on the record but I was like always <laughs> behind him <laughs> watching what he, what he was doing make, asking questions and I, I learned a lot from that recording hmm. yeah I asked because uh... I, I don't believe in Schools, music schools, and stuff like that. Yeah, especially for for recording. Like the, you can read a book about yeah technical stuff. It's not a difficult. <laughs> it's not. You learn by doing. Yeah. By listening. Yeah. And then the other side, the performing, you know, composing. Basically the same thing, right? Go, yeah, go yeah. out and try it yourself. Get your I feet, mean, we say, no get your can. feet wet. <laughs> you know, you get your feet, no one learn can. how to swim, you know, you, you can't <laughs> imagine. No one can go get teach your feet you yeah. how, how to be creative. Yeah, right, right. right. So, find your own. 
sound. That's quite a goal. <laughs> because I know, really, I think, oh, I like these sounds, like Dire Straits. But do you really want to be a Dire Straits band? Yeah, you want yeah. to be your own band, right? That's the goal. Well, very interesting, and I wish you a lot of luck. Uh, probably a lot of people in the U.S. don't know the Bologna music scene. <laughs> but then, yeah, they have their things. It's interesting. Actually, everybody has a lot in common. I mean, the thing that the Italian scene, Italian rock scene, owes a lot to the U.S. Oh. Because we, we don't have our rock. Right. We just listen to American records. Right, right. And sometimes we, we do our own thing. Sometimes we copy that. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. It's okay. Um, But there's nothing wrong about trying to do something that sounds similar to what you, you love. But what about Swiss band or French band or England bands? There, there's a lot of the them. U.S. ones was the biggest influence. Uh, I mean, um, I'm talking about influence. I know they exist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just curious. No, uh, UK, UK a lot. Okay. Because especially, it's probably those, easier for them to tour here. Closer. Yeah, especially in the last 10 years, a lot of. Indie pop UK bands came out like Franz Ferdinand and oh, yeah. Block Party and stuff like that. They're huge, yeah. they've been huge. Now it's just, I mean, it's cycles. cycles. So, a lot of uh, Italian bands started, yeah, doing that kind of thing. Speaking of Bologna bands, who's your favorite right now? Hmm. No, to turn people on who aren't, you know, Bologna gigs here. That are, the bands are local. Uh, Because, you know, this is the day of the internet. People can actually yeah, you know, check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a... Uh, I, uh, there's a, a band from Bologna that's not a new band, it's called Cat. Cat, okay. That's who you like. They're not from Bologna, but they live in Bologna. They've been living in Bologna since <laughs> okay. the 90s. They're, they're so, part of the Bologna scene. Yeah. Okay. I'll check them out. Cat, is there any others? Uh, Mostly are uh, old bands like Three Second Kiss. Mm -hmm. There is one band uh, of Andrea Subocombo. Subocombo? It's a Bologna band. Yeah. Two of the cats? Two thirds? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Rocco is not from Bologna. Rocco is from Bologna. Yeah. 
I've played a Hobo Combo. Yeah. Yeah. I've played a bunch of Hobo Combo in the show. Yeah. Wow. Cool stuff. Well, thanks so much for all the help you did for us in, in uh, relating your story here. Here's the last thing I want to ask you. If you had to do something over, and you could, if you could do something over, what would you do? Some? Something in the past. Uh, what would have you done different? These are weird. That's a weird nothing. question. Things had to work the way they did, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good philosophy. I never, I never call thought. Call it a regret or something. Never thought of it. I just did what I. Yeah. What I wanted. That's to very do. healthy. Because <laughs> you can't change it. So why yeah. worry about what we did? So I quit the the university when yeah. I wanted to quit it. Yes. Yeah. I just Put felt the band when you did, you did, yeah, yeah, and you're glad you made all this because it all added up to where you are now. Yeah, great. I wish you the best luck, man. <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for being on the show here. And oh, thank you, you thank you for yeah your interview and for being here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And now in a major new onslaught on the Conservative Party of Great Britain and all other governments, zero things beyond the works, bring you Shove It!
Vlad from Pedro Show. Our last music for this edition uh, started with Shove It, something live from Xerox Slingsby in the works. Followed that with uh, a new band called Fruit and uh, maybe their first song because it's called uh, the number one, you know, one. And then uh, Back to Middle by Monomania. Uh, ahead of that, of course, we had the final part of the interview I did with Bruno Germano. Signore Bruno Germano. Uh, real inspiration. Uh, I think I might be able to have a chance to record at his vacuum studio this summer with my uh, fratelli, you know, Andrea and Stefano. Uh, we're thinking of chapter two, you know, of the next album for Sonio de Mayo. You know, there was three years between recording that first one and touring because of busy schedules. But uh, it looks like time's fallen in better for us to uh, pick it up, uh, keep with this momentum we built with that tour. Uh, you know, in between, though, I spent, what, three, four days here in Pedro, and the end of that tour was March 9 in Exeter. Um, I got to do a Stooges gig and we did nine new songs. The album comes out April 30. It's called Ready to Die. We're going to do uh, some gigs in Australia. I promised to do a lot from Pedro show over there, at least one, maybe two, if I can. Uh, uh, really excited, but it was fun, man, playing them new songs. Uh, I can't wait for other people to dig on it. Um, I want to thank Bruno Germano once more for being on board for uh, that interview. Very interesting. And you're a beautiful man. It's been the March 19, 2013 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.